to Bury the Lead. I'm one of your co-hosts, Winnipeg Free Press columnist Jen Zerati. And I'm your other co-host, Winnipeg Free Press music writer Aaron Labar. Apologies that there was no pod last week. We had a very weird technical malfunction that turned out to be a dead battery in a yes. microphone. So yeah. it would have just been me talking and then Jen very faintly in the distance. And that sounded bad, so we scrapped it. So, Which is unfortunate because we did a good or gross. We did do a good or gross. We can tell you about the good or gross. We'll do that yeah. and how was your week. Yeah, but okay. We have a... We have like a pretty, we have a lot to get to today. We do. Yes. Um, so we're going to chat about the Grey Cup because that is coming up this weekend and the oh, Bombers is are it uh, ever. The, the Bombers are in it, which shocks me for some reason <laughs> as someone who doesn't follow sports at all. Yes. Um, we're also going to be talking about friendship and emotional labor and kind of a conversation that we noticed pop up on social media this week that yeah. I found very interesting. And we're also going to be talking about the hell that is moving and i know a lot of people out there can commiserate with that aaron is going through it right now i want to cry and uh so yeah we're going to talk about it how is your week (laughs) again i will say i want to cry yes you're Um, moving you're moving moving. i'm going to save most of this for the main segment yes i'm just like living in a sea of boxes and I will never understand how a one bedroom apartment can can when boxed is like do- literally dozens of boxes. I know. Where does it fit? Oh god. But other than that, um I don't even remember what I did this week. It's all just been like moving, moving, moving. Well, you made so we can talk about the good or gross. Oh yeah, yeah. That you didn't get to hear, but I think is worth mentioning because holiday parties are coming yeah. great cup parties are coming up yeah and this we try to snack mix yeah what so you, you talk about so this was a mix that my grandmother used to make when i was a kid and then um a friend of my brother's would often bring it to their little like house parties and stuff and i was like you know what i think i'm gonna try to make this because jen had mentioned that she was in the market for a similar such snack um, and so basically it's the cheese Ritz bit sandwiches with this delightful seasoning mix on it that has celery salt garlic and hidden valley ranch like dry dressing mix and and then like a copious amount of vegetable oil and dill and dill yes lots of dill and then you mix it all together put it in in, on the ritz bits in a ziploc and then you leave it in the fridge for 24 hours and holy damn it is so bomb it was a definite good it It was was a definite good and it, it was one of those things where I was worried that it wouldn't taste as good as I remembered when I was a kid, but it definitely did. I could not stop eating them. It was Long delicious. after we recorded the failed pod, I just kept eating them. So if anybody so wants good. the recipe for their holiday parties, just shoot us an email. Yeah. Bury the lead at winnipegfreepress.com. Aaron will hook and you I, up. And I will send it to you. Aaron will hook you up. How was your week? Uh, my week was good. Didn't really do too much um kind of the newer thing and i think i may have mentioned this last week so i can mention it again because you didn't hear last week um i've started using my happy lamp oh yeah which seems to be kind of a free press office special because i'm two loving it other colleagues now have sun lamps on their desks and i am like in the middle of the triangle of sun yeah. lamps and so i'm getting like 400% of my daily vitamin D, but I, I love it. So I've been using mine at home while I eat breakfast because you're actually only supposed to use it for 20 minutes a day. Like you're not supposed to leave them on forever. And uh, I have to say that I have noticed a bit of an improvement. So I'm mm. going to keep doing it and see because it's only been like a week. Um, but yeah, but 
I also am kind of salty because it's like, oh, great. Another thing to have to do in the morning to take care of myself. Like, man, there's so many like, things, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's been good so far. I've noticed that it's been helping me feel more awake. And like just because it's been so cloudy here in Winnipeg. So cloudy and dreary and cold. Which is not why I live here. I live here for the sun. It's supposed to be a sunny place. And it's been really letting me down. So I'm going to continue the experiment and I will report back. moving day Tomorrow's moving day I oh my god i cry yeah so it's terrible i i've said so many times during this process that i will never do this again it is until i can afford to pay someone to do it for me that's how i felt when we, uh, my husband and i moved into our house seven years ago mm-hmm. um yeah it just you're right how does a one-bedroom apartment amass so many things I don't understand. And like, I'm not a sentimental person with stuff for the most part. So I like often will go and throw out a bunch of stuff, donate a bunch of stuff, do a garage sale. Mm -hmm. And yet the pile of shit does not seem to get any smaller. And I I don't understand. And maybe it's just because we got married and we got a lot of presents and like an influx of new shit. Yes. Sorry for all the like, (laughs) I'm just like at my wit's end with this. Sorry for the vulgarity. New stuff. Yeah. Um, But it's just, I'm finding it very overwhelming and... I don't love clutter to begin with. No. Like, I don't like messiness. And this is just, like, triggering... Like, my anxiety is just through the roof with all these boxes in our our apartment. It's also, I think, moving... There's really nothing about the moving process that I enjoy except for the setting up the new space. Right. That's fine. But yeah, it's just endless. Like the cleaning and the packing and the like no part of it is easy, especially if you're moving in the winter months too. Because then it's like the, oh, now I have to worry about like snow getting everywhere. Like it's just, it's such a, like I don't understand people who do it multiple times. No. And for us, we're, we're ending our lease in our apartment early. So we also had to find someone to take over the lease. So then there's that stress of like, okay, are we going to be able to find someone who wants to move in December 1st? Like who's moving this time yeah. of year? Are we going to have to pay double rent for a month or two weeks or two months? Or, But luckily we found someone to take over. I feel like it's one of those stressful life in- events that no one really talks about because it's, it's positive, right? The way people view it. And mm. by people, I mean culture like it's Mm -hmm. you know a new home and like housewarming and like it's very positive and it is a very positive thing in your life typically when you're moving to a new place Mm -hmm. not always but usually but just the road to get there is paved with lava and just (laughs) the things that you do haul around inexplicably like I remember a friend of mine had a few moves and she's like why do I keep packing and moving these stacks of magazines oh i di- i threw all my magazines what on out. earth like i had that moment yesterday when i was going through the storage unit and i bought these little vases that i was going to use for the um bridesmaids bouquets at the on the head table yes the florist ended up providing them so i didn't need them i bought them from the dollar store i spent five dollars and I'm like, oh, well, they're new and I haven't used them. And I'm like, why am I doing this? Just yeah, donate. No. <laughs> Just, donate yeah. them. They are in the Value Village bin as we speak. Donate them. You do not need them, brain. Stop. Just stop it. Sight slide sidebar that I just remembered now, which is why it was not on the minutes at the top of the show. Mm-hmm. But did you hear that Marie Kondo has started a line I did. of things? Yes. To, I guess, to fill your spaces that you have. that Things that spark joy. 
Oh my God. It's a bit of a hypocrisy, I will say. That is one of the wildest power moves I feel of 2019 like <laughs> I also feel like why would you don't even need to do this you probably make a ton of money with your little with yeah. your with your organizing books it's like I can't take credit for this joke but as someone said on Twitter talk about a long con because <laughs> whoa, whoa that's a very good joke I know. um but also like part of this back to the moving process yeah like we ultimately decided to rent instead of buy and I know this also wasn't really in the minutes but it's something that I've been thinking a lot about mm-hmm. sort of like these quote-unquote like life m- moments that everyone's yeah. supposed to hit or have. And I'm like, I don't, it doesn't, I, there's a lot of pressure for, there was a lot of pressure for us to buy rather than rent. Yes. But like, we're not ready to do that mm-hmm. yet. And I've, I've been thinking a lot about sort of like why maybe these things don't work anymore. Maybe these like yeah. benchmarks don't make sense anymore. Um, I read an article that, and I, I know I keep promising to make a reading list for the show in the in the write up, and I will. But I read an article about that after um, we were kind of talking about that earlier in the month, I guess. Yeah, a- about that and kind of how it's such a fundamental part of. I mean, it was an American article, so they kept talking about the American dream, but I yeah, think the North American dream. I think is, it's is, fair. Is yeah, thing. Um, and how. Um, there's so much pressure around home ownership mm-hmm. as this sort of calling card of adulthood and being able to provide stability and right. being able to be like, this is my home. Not recognizing that homes can exist in many forms and they don't necessarily have to be like a place that you own. And in fact, right. it's becoming increasingly in- impossible for people. Well, that's the thing. Like, it doesn't make sense for us to be financially struggling in order to purchase a home when we could be much more comfortable renting a home and maybe buying a house is 10 years in the future. Maybe it's 20 years, maybe it's five years, Absolutely, but I just don't understand. Or maybe like, it's just making less sense to me why the pressure is put on, you know, late Mm twenties, early to mid thirties to sort of take that next step to just like throw all of their resources into a property Mm -hmm. rather than like live their lives. (laughs) I mean, yeah, I felt that pressure. So it's it's interesting because when I was looking for our house, it was 2012. And that was kind of when it was very much like a seller's market. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was sort of it's the hard. era of bidding wars and mm-hmm. all this um, stress around the process, which is also and what I was going to add with the moving piece is also miserable. Finding a place to live. Oh, absolutely. That isn't you know, that's in budget, isn't terrible, doesn't require a bunch of work. Yeah, yeah. And one of the things that I was really thinking about at the time is I don't want to be mortgage poor. Yeah, you want to be house poor. No, I really, that was not okay with me. And I also didn't want a house that was too much for where we were at. Mm -hmm. So that's why I live in an 800 square foot bungalow as a finished basement, so we have extra room. But there's the new pressure now, which is... Oh, well, that's your starter home. Right. When are you going to upsize? <laughs> yeah, I just I just feel like everyone no. needs to just like do what works for them and what's comfortable for them, whether that's buying, you know, a $600,000 two-story whatever or an 800-square-foot bungalow or yeah. renting a 1,000-square-foot house. Like, stay in your apartment. Yeah. Everyone just like do what works for you and everyone else can just live in your room. Leave you alone. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's so, um, 
it's I think it's also a bit of a microcosm of the whole like pressure to always be striving. And That's the thing. Like I'm exhausted. Like, I'm so tired of saving for stuff and striving for this and having a goal that means that I have to limit everything that I'm doing right now like when does that stop does it ever stop I think you can and it's interesting and I've been and I think a lot of people are feeling this way Mm because I've noticed a little like burst in op-eds about this subject yeah about and among women especially about actually I kind of want to like opt out of this and lean out and it's okay to not be excellent at everything right it's okay to be average or mediocre or not hit milestones that other people have decided that you need to have. Like, right. No, I'm good. Like, you know, there's that meme that goes around. That's like one friend getting married, second friend, moving a house, me. Ooh, look, a dog. Like, it's fine to be yeah. happy about a dog. Exactly. It's just fine to like to really to boil this have. down. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's, it's, and I think, um, you know, it's so everything we've talked about, whether it's like the Marie phenomenon or the moving house or like having a starter home, which I really Maybe that's a column. Um, <laughs> and just this pressure to always have bigger and more and better. And, and I think you miss out on your life when you're constantly right. striving for, for what's future. Next. Yeah. 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 I think you miss I think out. we just. I think we cracked the code I of living in the moment. I think we just did. Yeah. Yeah. That's. I mean, plan ahead, but don't live ahead. Ex- Aw. That's really Can nice. I put, th- can I stitch that on a sampler you for you? You need to point that up. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, let's talk about the friends thing i'm so, really impressed with myself right yeah now. that was very good <laughs> that's i had a bit of a moment of silence for that i was like wow that's uh, that deep deep and also like inspirational in a real way like yeah. i actually feel emotional um <laughs> it's friday everybody it's friday it's oh, punchy man. um i wanted to talk about this because this is a subject we've hit on before mm-hmm. and it kind of blew up on the twitter um which is Talking about emotional labor and what that means in the context of friendship. So there yeah. was a woman who had a thread that blew up um, about emotional labor and what that means among friendships. So like people texting you, like venting about their problems or coming to you with yeah. their problems. And um, a lot of people took issue with a the use of the term emotional labor to describe what I would call being a buddy. Like a normal friendship. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, and the the template she gave for a super clinical response to her, fr- it was like, I'm at capacity right now, and I'm so glad you reached out, but I can't give you this what you need, and blah blah. blah. Like, mm-hmm. okay, I have thoughts on this. Okay, um, obviously it's no secret I have done and do therapy, so like I'm very all about boundaries. I'm about setting boundaries. I think boundaries are, you know, I. It was actually for from a source for, for a story that talked about how um, boundaries are kind of like those hurricane candles. Like they make everything glow brighter. Right. And I believe that. But I also think that there's a way to still be a friend and Mm -hmm. not make friendship seem transactional. And I think Mm -hmm. when you use the emotional labor language, which actually is from the workplace. Yeah. Where it applies certainly more so. Suddenly all your friendships are work. Yeah. And I think that's, I and then like that's that. not that's not worth yeah. your it, yeah. Like I'm not saying you can't set boundaries with friends. You can and, and should and should. <laughs> um, and I'm not saying that you can't tell a friend, hey, I'm absolutely at my limit. But like a clinical form letter, like 
is that what friendship is now? And I mm-hmm. also think like that because our relationships have become so text-based, like mm-hmm. I think that's a, another reason why people thought it was really off-putting. Yeah. And really like clinical for and me, cold. For me, it's like if you don't have time to like talk it out with a buddy, mm-hmm. then what are you doing with your life? Like what are you filling your time with? Where are your Are priorities? you working 20 hours a day? Like really building and maintaining important relationships in your life should be a priority. Well, and also the most exciting texts I ever receive are the ones that are like an all caps OMG or usually from me. <laughs> can I be a bitch for a moment? Yeah. Oh yes, you can. Like yeah. I cannot get in there fast enough because I think people naturally do ask you if you have time for this or are you busy right now? Yeah. Or, I think it was easier when we use the phone more mm-hmm. because then it, if I don't pick up, I'm obviously not available. Right. Texts, everything's an emergency, right? And I think a lot of people do feel the need to be immediately responsive, even if they're not in a place where they like they can be. Yeah. So it's really interesting kind of the, again, kind of like the house conversation, all the confluence of a bunch of different things that are going on. So whether it's, you know, text-based communication or like people not knowing how to set boundaries and not having the language to do that. Yeah. But yeah. It was like, hmm. It was just very abrasive. It was very abrasive and very like cold, cold and not how you talk to a someone who's close to you. Yeah. Like I also someone who's close to you. If you do have have those boundaries, they'll understand. Mm-hmm. It's not you don't need to be yeah so clinical about it. You can be Absolutely. like, hey, having a rough day. Can I get back to you about this tomorrow? Yeah. That should be enough. Yeah. Or like, hope you're hope okay. you're doing okay. Like, yeah. Not, is there someone else you can talk to? Like, it was just so impersonal and yeah. dispassionate. And I was like, hmm, I don't love that people are sharing this. There's a lot of criticism for it, but a lot of people are like, this is amazing. And it's like, I, don't, I think you need to think about why this is a everything bit. work? This is what I don't understand. Yeah. Like, an uh, emotional labor. And sometimes friendships are work, but they shouldn't sure. be work all the time. Just yeah. like sometimes your relationship, like romantically or with your partner, or whatever, is going to be work, but it shouldn't be work all the time. Well, and emotional labor and mental load are not the same things. No, definitely not. And they're definitely being used interchangeably, which Agreed. is not great. And emotional labor is about the emotions that workers, like it's the emotional labors of workers under in the workplace mm-hmm. <laughs> you know it's not about interpersonal relationships yeah so Which is basically the, the term being used incorrectly yeah, yeah. And, and i think it's also natural for friendships to ebb and flow and for sometimes the you know sometimes one person i'm not going to use emotional labor because i don't think it really fits here but you know some person one person might be doing more than the other person and then it may naturally yeah. yeah yeah where if someone's going through a really hard time there may be more of a expectation or like or you know just being like sorry i haven't been around or you know that also goes a long way but Mm -hmm. again there's a way to do that that makes you a human like right yeah go bombers (laughs) we're gonna talk about about sports for the fourth time ever on this podcast yeah you know it's the quarterly sports (laughs) quarterly sports report (laughs) (laughs) well you get more of it now that you're you're producing Jet Cetera, too. Well, you also produced Jet Well, I pinch in when you need it, but... Um, so we've been learning a lot from our brother podcast, Jet Cetera. Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Bombers... The Winnipeg Blue Bombers have made it to the Grey Cup, which is the equivalent of the Super Bowl 
on like a much smaller scale. I was going to say the equivalent of the Stanley Cup. So that that's is where we're incorrect. <laughs> that's hockey. Equivalent of the Super, like the Canadian Super Bowl. Yeah. Although I, yeah, much because there's only nine teams, so yeah. it's not as big of like a. But in Canada, it's a big deal. Yeah, and it's also a big deal because the Blue Bombers have not made it to a Grey Cup since 1990. No, they made it to the final, but they haven't won a Grey Cup. That yeah, right. That's what I mean. Yeah. They haven't won a Grey Cup since 1990. Yeah. So it's been like nearly 30 years. Yeah. It's been like so people are very excited because they actually seem to have a chance of winning. Yeah. Like they're they're in with a shot. Um, I don't and I have a story in Saturday's paper just about like jumping on bandwagons when a team is hot and why that's actually okay because Oh yeah. I think in this context, cheering for the bombers is like cheering for Winnipeg. Like it's kind of beyond football, it's with the city. I'm cheering for all the wings I'm gonna eat that <laughs> night. <laughs> exactly. And it's also like a good excuse to like hang out with friends and family yeah um so yeah i don't really care about football nor do i oh i'm no. not invested in this game but i i appreciate actually those i don't who even are. i don't even know if i could tell you now that our other quarterback got injured i don't even know if i could tell you the name of our quarterback you wrote it in your story yeah <laughs> my mind's <laughs> stiff <laughs> i mean it is nice that everyone Zach is Claris? Claris. yeah that's, that's the one he's new yeah, he is new. That's I why learned. I don't know his name. So I, the piece I wrote the was other, The normal one got injured. Yeah. So the piece I wrote was basically like how to jump on. The normal one. The, the normal usual one. <laughs> the regular. That's first stringer. Some sports terms for you there. <laughs> oh, sports. <laughs> oh, Jen's lost it. Hit me right in the funny, <laughs> in the funny seat. Um yeah, I uh, so I wanted to write this thing about like how to jump on the bandwagon but still seem legit and getting advice from actual fans, which was very educational. They were all extremely good sports, and two of them are headed to Calgary this weekend to watch the. Oh Amber man, person. it's going to be bonkers over oh, there. Oh, I know. Um, so I, I learned quite a bit from them, and his was a name that came up as because I asked him like, who can I name drop and sound like a football genius? And everyone said Zach Claris. So okay. I commit his name to memory so i can look <laughs> and like what can i yell at the tv screen periodically and sound like Go i know blue. what i'm talking about yeah that one came up like, yeah i have a heat. cowbell yeah cowbell. i have a bomber's cowbell that uh, my husband bought me when we went to a game a couple years ago because i got jealous because the lady in front had a cowbell <laughs> and i sat there and i rang <laughs> the whole time and everyone was very annoyed i also learned about and that's another winnipeg first down apparently that is a, oh, a thing all right yeah well, if you are interested in the Grey Cup at all, we have three colleagues out there, Jeff Hamilton, Mike McIntyre, and Ben Waldman. Yeah, they'll all be filing coverage all weekend. So coverage if you're interested, take a look at the website. I hope your team does what you want it to do. If you're cheering for the Thai Cats, I'm good luck with your friends here. Cheer quietly. Yeah, cheer. Just stay home, actually. We got some big news this week about one of our colleagues. Yes. Friend to the show, Katie May. Colleague extraordinaire. Yes. She's up for a big award. A big international journalism award. She's the only Canadian finalist. I believe there are eight finalists total. Yeah. And um, her series about um, sort of the problems with the judicial system up north um, was the piece that she got nominated for. So huge congrats her like and definitely go find it on the website there's the main uh, piece from april then there's a couple follow-up stories and then one more recently so hilarious sidebar so we got an email um because i think this prize is presented in some way by unifor like are the union we belong to 
I'm not sure, uh, to be honest. But when the call to submit your work, if it fit, and it was like pretty, um, I would say specific to Katie criteria in that it was like like impactful. The kind of journalism Katie right. consistently does. It's like, like she, it's like service journalism. Yeah, yeah, right. That's the word I was looking for. And so when we got the email, like, hey, this is this thing, it noted that the prize money was in Swiss franc. And I was like, well, this is a scam. Yeah. <laughs> and I deleted it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but no, it turns out that it's a uh, very real thing. Yeah. So, and Katie's up for it. So good luck to her. I don't know when the winner is announced. All I know is that it is announced in Switzerland. So I'm really, really hoping she goes to Switzerland I for this. I hope so too. But well deserved. We, were, we said we would pool our miles to send her. Exactly. Because so. <laughs> she is definitely among our very best reporters. So. For sure. So congratulations uh, to Katie. Signal boost to Katie. Um, we're going to do reading, watching, listening because... Yes. Disney Plus. Yeah. That was like the biggest entertainment story of the last week. Absolutely. Easily. Um, I wrote a column about the little disclaimers that they've been putting on classic content mm-hmm. that say this may contain outdated depict- cultural depictions by which they mean this definitely mm-hmm. contains racism. Right. Um, but I was excited for the arrival of Disney Plus. I was raised on Disney. I'm married to a Star Wars fan, as most listeners know. So yes. we started watching the new Star Wars show. Yeah. And then I've just kind of been slowly working my way through the the canon. Like, I watched Lady and the Tramp. I watched Oliver and Company. Mm-hmm. All these movies that... Are animal-focused. Animal-focused. But also movies that we couldn't really see unless you happened to buy a VHS copy before it went into the, quote, the vault. vault. Never to be seen again. Right. So there's literally a section on Disney Plus that's out of the vault, which was very exciting. To yeah. Me, so I was surprisingly very medium about Disney Plus. I wasn't mm-hmm. super excited about it, which is weird because I love mm-hmm. Disney films. But for whatever reason, I just was like, eh, I don't really need another yeah. streaming service. And then my husband was like, no, we getting it because he wanted to watch the, all the Star Wars stuff. Yeah. Too. The Mandalorian is the new show. And then called. he swayed me because then he started scrolling through all the TV shows. And I was like, oh, man, Lizzie McGuire, That's So Raven, Boy Meets World, that which is I have right on DVD. in your yeah. childhood sweet spot. Eh? It is. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was, I was, I want to say 11 or 12 when Lizzie McGuire came out. So, like, right around the right time. I was too old. Yeah, you were, like, 16. Yeah, I was 14. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, these were all sort of, like, prime childhood watching. So, I've been watching Recess. Not so much. I haven't watched any movies yet. But I did watch Recess. That's So Raven. We're in Even Stevens right now. Lizzie McGuire, we're doing it all. I'm excited to get into like the early 90s classics because like my first ever movie. Are you watching things in chronological order? I'm planning to. Oh. Which is why we started with Oliver and Company, which is 1988. Now we'll do The Little Mermaid, which is 89 and go on from there. Interesting. Beauty and the Beast, 91. Yeah, because I noticed on your husband's Instagram that he's watching all the Marvel movies in order, which is hilarious to me. And I'm not watching the Marvel movies in any order at all. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so it's been... It's been kind of interesting and it's kind of interesting kind of back to the column that I wrote, um, kind of how people are dealing with the cultural depictions, because as most people know, if you're familiar with Disney's work pre, well, the 90s were anyway. ever really. Yeah, yeah exactly. Pre today. I'm like, mm, okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> there are troublesome things. Uh, Tiger Lily, anybody? Oh my God. What made the red man red? Yikes. Like, yeah. Peter Pan also has its other issues. That whole movie is... is Tinkerbell measuring her hips. Oh yeah. Remember that? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And why they were so horny for this man child that they were trying to murder Wendy who had to like be teen mom to a bunch of feral boys and animal... It's it's problematic on many levels. But I will never advocate for censoring or banning art. Like I just... That is not something I believe. Instead, 
you discuss it. And mm-hmm. I think it is actually good. I think the warnings, the content, it's not even a warning. It's like a content, like, hey, blurb. Heads up. <laughs> a content heads up. <laughs> heads up. This may contain outdated. No, like the jalopy they used to drive is outdated. Like yeah. Racism <laughs> is a problem. Yes. But it's, uh, I heard from a bunch of readers and my friends who are parents their response to the column and I was so moved by how many parents in our age group have been actually having those conversations with their kids proactively mm-hmm. and you know watching them with their kids and being like you know hey this is how this was and right and this know. is why it's wrong yeah yeah and I heard from a uh, a grandfather this morning um who was saying yeah like we kind of threw out a bunch of things but now I wonder if it would have been better to revisit them and be like you know I think they were talking about a a bit of domestic violence that's in shitty shitty bang bang oh yeah and uh it's like maybe it would have been more productive to be like you know sometimes this is what happens and with mommies and daddies and blah 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 and he's like you've given me a lot to think about and I was like See, our journalism nice. does matter, Jen. We'll see, it nice. may not win a hundred thousand dollars, but <laughs> it matters. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, all the journalism that matters can be found. <laughs> Isn't that our tagline? Maybe. <laughs> or is it, have we just absorbed that through Yeah, it's just corporate okay. branding in our minds. Yeah. Uh, but you can find everything that we've written at winnipegfreepress.com. You can also follow us on social media. I'm at Jen's Rowdy on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Naya Rebel on Twitter and Instagram. And we will see you next week. 